campaign that investigates the impact of new science, technology and funding on the attitudes and behaviours of the millennial HCP and questions what the future of medicine looks like through the eyes of someone who's grown up in a culture of constant connectivity. Episode 7. Collaboration Opportunities in Healthcare. A conversation between Adam Emmett, Interactive Director, and Dan Whedon, Head of Strategy at Havaslinks EU. I think the term big pharma has almost become null and void because moving forward we cannot ignore the big tech companies, the big social companies that are out there, the big global players, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Apples, the Twitters that are out there, Microsoft, that are having an impact on the pharma world and healthcare provision. You know, So you can see from um, Apple's introduction of research kit, health kit, care kit, that there's a real intention to make an impact in the healthcare provision and the, the pharmaceutical world. But I guess that comes from the fact that those guys have been at the forefront in pushing the consumer. And as they've got closer and closer to understanding, and, and let's face it, the mobile phone has, has done a lot to, to facilitate a lot of this. Um, as they've become closer to people, again, you know, with their tech, it makes perfect sense for them to do that. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that in, in some instances, farmers kind of miss the boat a little bit with some of that stuff. Um, they've always been trying to get the, the connections to the patients, to the HCPs and all of that kind of thing. Um, but it's consumer brands that have just done it as part of the course. And um, now we have to try and find some way of connecting those two guys together in a, in a little bit. You know, there's, there's obviously, you know, Pharma does what pharma does. You know, there is always going to be the need for the pills, for the for the treatments, for the therapy area um, solutions. That's the expertise that we need to leverage with the stuff that the guys that you know, the Googles and everyone and, the, and Apple are doing, in a way that's that's beneficial for all parties, not just the patients. It's beneficial for you know, from a, a commercial sense as well. And I think that's probably the thing that we'll be pushing forward with up till maybe 2020, is, is all having that same language across all of these devices and all of this tech and all of this healthcare. Um, and that's, that's certainly one of the challenges I see when I do workshops and things, is how do we connect to those patients to make a meaningful uh, conversation, a story that links back to our brand? Mm. You know, we have a brand out there, we have a, a treatment that absolutely solves what you need it to solve, because we've followed your numbers, we, we've followed the data that you've been providing or you've been, uh, you know, giving us the, the information that we need um, on blogs or on social or anything like that. And, and we inputted that back into what we're trying to, trying to give you to help as well. Yeah. And that's a, that's a difficult hurdle, I think, that we've got to overcome because of regulatory. I think, you know, regulatory has to sort of think a little bit differently. There's, it, data digitally still seen as a bit of a grey area. And that's really, really got to improve. It doesn't make me worry for Big Pharma because you're absolutely right. Where they've, I think, struggled to form those networks, think about um, social platforms, think about how they can build and establish a relationship with customers and patients, it's already there in place for these yeah. big tech and social companies. You know, they're there, they've already got the foundations in place. And so it's not a huge leap to think about how they can start to tiptoe into the healthcare provision space. And, and leave the big pharma companies behind. I think the solution might come from big pharma engaging more with those companies, but then you've got to think about what the value exchange is. What's in it for the big tech and social providers out there? 
what can pharma bring to the party? The other way I think they can address it, and we start to see a little bit of this more now, is investing in those startups, investing in those smaller companies, venture capitalists, funding, that type of thing that helps to get some of those platforms up and running, which they can then take more ownership and drive more as a pharma company. In, in 10 years' time, you know, there's going to be a new social network or a new platform that enables you to do something different that allows those conversations to happen with those patients on their terms. I think about Snapchat and the way that that's going through the roof right now, but you could easily see how you can start to apply that to the healthcare environment. Who's to say that rather than having uh, a block booking of eight patients to see in a morning consultation as a GP, that you can't see those eight patients or at least have a conversation with them through Snapchat. And, and okay, yes, two of those patients you might need to see face to face and progress the, the diagnosis more, but you can certainly have those interactions and those initial interactions with those patients through some, a platform like Snapchat. I think for an older generation, there's a scepticism, there's a reservation about giving that information out there and allowing people to access your social profiles and your social data and, and uh, your personal data. Um, you know, the, the furore around electronic health records is a good example of that, in the UK at least. So, but I think that's changing and I think there's a, there's a generational step whereby people are open to um, at that level of transparency uh, where companies can have access to and interpret information about their lives. Kevin Plank, um, the CEO of Under Armour, um, he came up with the quote, data is the new oil. You know, he was pursuing this um, virulently with, uh, with what he was trying to do with Under Armour. But I think one of the things that um, we've seen is partnerships in terms of uh, the languages that technology speaks is is one of the things that's starting to sort of level out again. This interoperability between devices has been a challenge with technology. Uh, you know, being able to connect X and Y together has always been one of the problems in in making um, making a world that we live in now. And the challenge that um, someone like Under Armour had is they had a device for monitoring your heart rate. They had, you know, they were producing trainers with, um, with sensors in there as well. It was pulling all of those together to create a more holistic approach to your data and, and managing it in a way that, that was, you know, tangible for you as, a, as an athlete. They worked with HTC um, to produce um, the sensors and the, the apps that, that tie all of this together and I think this is one of the things that comes out of having a, a world that is more open that is more interconnected itself because we, we see open source um, open source platforms start to emerge where you know the languages and the, the tech is is more open uh, and more approachable for someone who does have an idea who does have that startup who does have that piece of tech that they want to communicate with an app or with a with a system uh, with an operating system for instance and I think that is another um, another thing that we started to see emerge with technology developers it's becoming easier to develop for and that's always always got to be at the forefront of, of emerging tech and unifying technology with story, with what we want our brands to do, is making it easy to, to actually get those stories and, and, and those things communicating together.